The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! This is Girls Talk, Boys Talk. Broadcasting live from Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star. Now your hosts, Jess Navarez, Aisha Morrison, Kelsey Charles, and Jane Slater. Welcome into episode three of Girls Talk, Boys Talk. And I want to say thank you to those of you who have been tweeting us and tuning in. We sure do appreciate it. And this show's only going to get better as we go on. I am your host, Jane Slater of the NFL Network, joined by Isha Morrison and Jess Navarez. And we are working on getting Kelsey Charles looped in here. She is a busy, busy woman on coming to us remotely. So as soon as we get her in, we will let you know. All right, ladies, I know that you are not here at the Star full-time the way that I am during the season uh, for the NFL Network, but there was an interesting development, and I know we, you guys were listening to it the way that the fans were, uh, and we have been talking about it. This news that Dak Prescott showed up on the injury report today with a ankle that had him limited in practice. So here's what happened for those of you that are just tuning in and and aren't necessarily familiar with the news of the day. At practice he was fairly limited, didn't get a lot of work in with the ones during the open portion uh, available to the media. And so we went through our veil today. Dak Prescott comes out and he conceded that, in fact, he would show up on the injury report. And here was his explanation. Uh, no, honestly, I feel great. Uh, something may come up uh, in the report, but... Uh, as you know, that's this league, and if you don't report a hangnail, you'll get suspended or you'll ups- or they'll get fined, excuse me. So, um, But, no, I feel great. Uh, I still feel the best th- uh, that i felt in a very, very long time, not even comparable to where I was last year going into this game. So, uh, honestly. Could you tell us if it was? Yeah. I didn't necessarily. I was limited today. Um, but, as I said, um, it is my ankle, but it is just being very, very precautious. Switch shoes today probably wasn't the best idea. So, um, there we go. So, we're good to go. Promise that. All right, so he explained to us that he changes out his cleats Mm -hmm. before a game every Sunday. Mm -hmm. Now, why he decided to change out his cleats on Thursday, a padded practice that's meaningful heading into the weekend because Friday's practice is is fairly lighter, is news to me. Now, he says he typically wears 11s. Make sure I'm not getting that wrong. He typically wears 11s, (laughs) and today he tried once. And so it was Hmm. tight. Now, we pressed him on that. We said, did you roll your ankle? He said no. Uh, I then said that this was feeling like deja vu. Do you all remember training camp last year when he hurt his shoulder? Here's what he had to say about that. You did a press conference after the shoulder and told us it wasn't anything, and then we missed you for a couple weeks. I didn't know that, though. I didn't know. That was a baseball deal. I wasn't sure. Those are not even comparable. So, yeah. And obviously, when I found out about the show, I had to, you know, take back what I said. So this isn't even in, no, not even comparing. Honest. All right. So to be in the room, ladies, and Kelsey yeah. Charles, we're, we're uh, welcoming her in on the phone now. She is live from Austin. Hey, girl. Uh, Hi, What's up, Kelsey? Uh, so I know you're paying attention to this, too, Kelsey, remotely, but... My biggest question for him, even though he was all smiles and he said he's going to be fine and he's not going to be limited, my biggest question was during that open portion, if it was kind of giving you some problems, the locker room is literally right there. And I know you ladies can yeah. can sympathize with this. When I go to game day and I've got a 15-hour game and I decide to wear new heels, 
as I did Ooh. for the preseason <laughs> game against Seattle. Oh, Jane. It was, it, it, it literally, it, there's nothing worse, and full disclosure, I have bunions. Uh, <laughs> there is nothing worse than tight, ill-fitting shoes. It yeah. truly ruins your day. But I can't drive all the way home to Dallas and grab a new pair of shoes. His were literally right there, and, and maybe that's what he was doing. He kind of hobbled off and and grabbed it. But, I mean, when you're putting limited on the report, you're you're limited to an extent. And maybe right. it was an abundance of caution because it is the same ankle that mm-hmm. he has had surgically repaired not once but twice um, that is of interest. And he said that tomorrow he'll be back out there, but it will be limited uh, because it is – Obviously, a lighter practice. I, let me walk that back. He didn't say there's going to be limited. He said it'll be at practice, but he reminded us that it's a lighter practice mm-hmm. tomorrow. But it will be very telling how taped of it, how taped up yeah. is the ankle. Did he aggravate it? Uh, it was just it. It was interesting to me, is all I'm saying. And Kelsey, I know you've been around this facility long enough that sometimes when they tell us injuries aren't a big deal, they sometimes turn into big deals. Yeah, I mean, listen, I actually feel very interested in this subject because um full disclosure i used to date an equipment manager for the team <laughs> so literally sometimes spent my weekends on ebay looking for new cleats for sean lee because that was his preference yeah same thing with like rod marinelli we had his <laughs> shoes on the patio we're literally like spray painting them black so they can you know stay within the rules of the nfl so i feel very familiar with this situation and I too am surprised that he changed his shoes also from a sponsorship perspective because he is sponsored by mm. uh like Jumpman I I kind of I would be careful about what he's saying when he's talking yeah. about the shoes not being a good fit for him like right. you gotta kind of tread yeah. lightly when when you're getting paid money by someone so either way I was pretty surprised to hear that mm. and you know I'm not I don't want to speculate too much, but what I do know is that they've had to transition equipment in game very often. If you guys go back to the London game, Mm -hmm. that field is totally different than any other field in the U S it's just, they had to actually wear like old school spikes on their cleats. So they brought two pairs of shoes for every player and they could switch them in and out. So I guess I'm just curious as to if that truly was the case. And it was something where he was like, listen, this is not vibing for me, that he didn't just go get another pair of shoes. And also, Jane, I totally feel you on the wearing new shoes on a game day. I'm actually here to work a game in Austin this weekend. I literally, this is so insane of me, but if I, if you've been in the industry for a minute, you'll, you'll love this. I literally bring like foot numbing, like cream. Yes. Lidocaine. <laughs> yep. Yes. You spray like, your foot with lidocaine so that you don't, so that it doesn't hurt as much or they're not as swollen. But yep. Kelsey, I'm glad that you've got a little insight into this. Again, I'm not trying, and I said this on the podcast before, I'm not trying to create a storyline. I'm not trying to make something, make something of something that may not be anything, right? But I'm just curious. I'm like, if it's not broke, why try to fix it? Like, if you've been working with the 11s and they've been fine, and you're telling us you're going to go back to the same cleats that you were wearing in training camp, why on a Thursday? Yeah. Did you decide to change it up? I just, it's I thought that was interesting. But it's, yeah. yeah it's it's not, I, just, I mean, because y'all were talking about heels. I'm a sneaker girl. Because yeah. my disability doesn't allow me to just wear heels like that. Yeah. And I can, ones are one of those shoes that they're, they're kind of flat at the bottom. They're tight at the top. Like if you're, that's, that's not a shoe that I think you would be wearing to try to break in before a game day. If that's what he was doing. I, I don't know. I mean. I mean, Kelsey brought up the sponsorship and stuff like that. It's it's kind of a weird situation with him 
and I think it happens all the time. I think players change shoes and stuff like this all the time. And he says he does it once a week before every game, but they're yes. typically 11s. I think it just so I'm like, why the, ones? why the ones? But yeah. Why the ones? Why the ones? <laughs> <laughs> That's what you go ask. I've got questions. You I want you to ask him that. Why just like that, Jake? But just in that tone. But it raises an eyebrow, especially right before opening game. And as, uh, you know, just watching what happened with that ankle, it really raises an eyebrow that it's the exact same ankle that had him out for that season, right? And so anytime you see any kind of player with an aggravated injury in in an injury that took you out for the remainder of the season, I think as any kind of speculator, uh, journalist, any kind of fan, you're kind of taking a step back to say, okay, that's a little weird. But I really... Just his description, it was like a hangnail. I'm like, come on, It's probably more of a a Maybe he has a hangnail. Maybe it's, he said that because he just he has a hangnail. No, maybe that's actually I don't want I'm, nothing going on with his feet. I look, I th- I think everybody should wrap their feet in bubble wrap. I, I mean, even even Seedy earlier in train camp. Somebody, bubble boy. somebody, please get these men some bubble wrap. Wrap your feet. I don't want you leaving. Just yeah, we we gotta. It's it's weird. It, you raise an eyebrow. I, I, but get, I guess I want to ask you guys too because I feel like if you if you want to go like worst case scenario, right? Because Jane, you brought up a good point. Like there are often times where it kind of feels like hockey where they're like upper body injury. Like they're kind of nebulous in what yeah. they say. Like obviously they they still play by the league rules and report what they need to report, but you know they don't want to give you all the details if they don't have to. So like let's say worst case scenario here, like maybe he does have a little bit of a reaggravation. Do you guys feel like this would be a good time for them to start implementing like the Wednesday veteran stuff that they've done with, with the guys like veterans of past? Like is Dak at that point for us where mm-hmm. you know there's an existing injury or at least he's still kind of healing from one and you're like, listen, Wednesday, you just take it easy, my guy. Well, I, I hear what you're saying, and I actually like the question, Kelsey. Mm-hmm. I think you know as well as I do that getting a guy like Dak to even come off the field. I mean, all, <laughs> yes. you, all I mean, all of you watch Hard Knocks last year, right? Yeah. He was getting him to yeah. just cons- to just take a breather and, and come off the field is very hard for Dak, and that's what I love about him and Ezekiel Elliott, for that right. matter. Uh, they've got a lot of gamers on this roster. It's just, again, I'm not trying to blow this up Mm-mm. into something no. that it that it may not be. And as he said, there's no comparison to the shoulder. It's just I've covered this team too long where they tell you it's mm-hmm. – I mean, Tyron Smith, we've seen this before. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's nothing. And then yeah. it turns into something. So I hope for this locker room, I hope for this season, that it really is just, hey, we're just being really, really cautious. And he kept emphasizing that and reemphasizing that, even though I had a few questions, uh, that he's going to be fine on Sunday. So I trust that, and he does at least have a couple of days if he needs to ice it up and it was aggravated to make sure that he's ready to go on Sunday. And you know what I think is going to be very telling? And and usually you could see this kind of injury, if you even want to call it that. We don't really know yet, right? You would be able to say, okay, well, if it's really aggravated or he rolled his ankle or whatever the case is, you would see that in the play calling come Sunday when they're really relying on the run game. However, when, when uh, you know, the entire message of training camp off of the offense was we want the identity to be the run game it's going to be hard to say how much it's really aggravated when they're trying to establish the run from the get-go because that's really seems like it's been the game plan from the start even before this happened so um, I, I think it's one of those things that 
unfortunately take it day by day and we're, we're just going to have to see uh, come Sunday but I, I think everybody around here knows you're you're not going to count Dak out and even if if uh, the man is is hurting you're not going to know and he is going to push through as much as he can and he's going to play through it so uh, again that makes it hard to say what it really is because he's that kind of player that he's not going to get off of the field and you're not going to get him off of the field at any point even if they're telling him he's you know you're talking to the man that you we all saw the footage of him after he had the ankle injury he was still trying to get up and um, he has that faith fight finish mentality all the time and um so yeah i i think it's going to be interesting but worth raising an eyebrow over and you know twitter was a uh, exploding yeah, you i saw Dak prescott <laughs> when you see Dak prescott trending when you open up twitter oh uh, man i think it, it, <laughs> yeah. it raises alarms for it everyone does. i will ask you though you guys though just because he is coming up as limited mm-hmm. on the you know the injury report now do you think that the bucks are looking at this and are like okay what's going on with that oh like, yeah is it maybe something that I, I think it's the it same thing as when we're looking at Chris Godwin. There you go. Track, exactly. Right. You I go. think we know that Chris Godwin's going to uh, likely play on Sunday. I think they're just being a little – I think teams mm. try to get an edge as best as they can. Right. Um, they did have to list him as limited because he was limited in practice. Yes, uh, Dak, I, I just – for me, there's just – there were some elements of what he said today and how practice went down that I was just like, hmm. That's interesting. That's yeah. the only reason I'm, yeah. I'm bringing it all up. And like I said on Sunday, this could very well be a complete non-issue. Okay. And Correct. we've seen plenty of players like Ezekiel Elliott uh, last year play through injuries. And I have no doubt uh, that he will play through this one. But to your point, we talked about this yesterday. Of, yeah, they want to run the ball. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott told us the playbook has more plays that feature him yep. and Tony Pollard. But last year we went through their numbers against uh, – the Bucks, mm-hmm. and they struggled on the ground. Mm-hmm. And Tampa Bay allowed 3.4 yards of rush when using a loaded box against Dallas uh, last year. Um, all other Dallas opponents combined to allow 4.4 yards for rush. So it just gives you an idea of how hard it was. And this team knows they would rather them throw the ball mm-hmm. than run the yeah. ball. So I think they're going to make it – I think once again, not only are they going to target Ezekiel Elliott, I think there's going to be a heavy emphasis – on um, Tony Pollard because I don't think that the league respects this wide receiver room that much. And maybe yep. they make the Bucks pay for that. Yep. I just don't think that there's a healthy enough level of respect. And even CeeDee Lamb sort of talked, to about, talked about that today, that he thinks the conversation about the wide receivers is going to change after a couple of weeks. Yeah. Good. And we, yeah, I, mean, I love the, the fact that, like, the wide receivers maybe aren't respected as much because, again, like, I very much subscribe to the theory of I want guys on my team that – hate to lose more than they like to win. And I, I like that chip on their shoulder. I also would say, too, though, there's been a lot of talk in recent years about Kellen Moore being creative. And I think that this actually poses a really good challenge for him. You know, this is a guy who's been interviewing for head coaching jobs across, you know, the NFL, but also collegiate levels, too. So I really feel like this is an opportunity for him to put his money where his mouth is. Like, mm-hmm. what can you use Tony Pollard for? Because if we're looking at the situation and we know that Dak's going to have to act a lot quicker than he has been used to in years past, Tony Pollard and Zeke and Dalton Schultz and you know Turpin all feel like good options to me. So I think there's a unique opportunity to actually be more creative from Kellen Moore's perspective, but it may not be because he wants to be. It may be more of a necessity. Yeah. And I, I'm gonna. I was just gonna say, um, with Tampa's defense, one thing I think they 
we know they do well is defend the run. And they defend the run well because of, you know, you have Vita Vea there in the middle, and then I can believe it's Hicks, if I'm not mistaken. But then at the same time, their linebackers can fly. Like, mm-hmm. sideline to sideline, these guys can fly. And you saw in the Bucks game last year, Dallas did have some success sometimes, you know, taking the edge, well, you know, taking the edge with Tony. But I'm curious to see how they set up um, set up this offense to succeed, getting getting those linebackers out of the way. I think our, our tight ends are going to have to get in there with that 12 personnel, get their noses dirty, not be afraid to chip and stuff like that. Um, I think their secondary, I think that the Bucks secondary, I don't know if we're going to get to that, but I do think that the Bucks secondary has some some guys that maybe you can exploit and maybe these younger receivers can get to have some success. Um, these tight ends can have some success, but – the Bucks defensive line, the interior, is kind of where people are kind of trying to stray away from because Vita Vea. But I do think that if the tight ends come out, you can capture the edge a couple times and get some big plays with some yep. bubble screens and stuff like that. A lot of quick game. The Both of these offenses are going to be trying to get the ball out quickly. And it's funny because people talk about Tom Brady. They're like, I mean, how are you going to how are you gonna get to him? Hey, well, our guy's top five in that category, too, against the Blitz. And Tyra Bowles loves to Blitz. You know, so we'll see how they match up and how they fare. But this, this, their defensive line is okay. It's, it's, it's there, but their linebackers are what really fly to the ball and make that front seven go to me. I love it. Yeah. All right, well, when we come back, let's get into some of the if, – if they're not able to establish the run. Tracking. Yeah, what wide receivers – are you expecting a big game from? Mm. So we we'll talk about that on the other side of the break. But first, Girls Talk, Boys Talk is presented by Jigsaw Dating, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. What do you call a group of grown men and women with their faces painted silver and blue who get together every week to share a three-hour-long ritual of jumping, sinking, and toasting Miller Lite and 10-gallon hats while yelling, how about them cowboys? You call it Miller Time in Dallas. Here's to the cowboys. Here's to the original light beer. It's Miller Time. Celebrate responsibly. 2021 Miller Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas. The Cowboys way, where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like. Where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day. Where we are all defined by one single thing, the star. Where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. Did you get to work on time? Yeah, but I just realized it's Sunday. Little Sweet says head on home. Dr. Pepper's on its way. So sweet, unique. Baby, there's nothing better. I bet you've probably done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. Did you invest your nest egg in an NFT? Yeah, and I don't even know what that is. It's a non-fungible token. Everyone's done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. 
Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back to Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw Dating, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. All right, well, ahead of the break, we talked about uh, the Cowboys receiving core may be very important as we head into this game, knowing that what what the Bucks love to do defensively is load the box. Mm-hmm. And so that essentially, no matter uh, the fact that we've talked about that they want to put Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard on the field at the same time, last year we saw both of those guys fairly limited uh, against the Bucks. So in terms of the wide receiver room, obviously you're missing uh, Amari Cooper this season, so that's a, that's a big deal. And, of course, Michael Gallup, even though we saw him out there again getting work in in the individual drills, yeah. I think it would be premature, even though Mike McCarthy had a little fun with Ed Warder of ESPN, <laughs> uh, that we would talk about it if we saw him out there practicing again. I think yeah. it would be premature to see him uh, playing in this one. So what do the Cowboys have in the wide receiver room? Well, here's the depth chart. You've got CeeDee Lamb, Noah Brown, Cavante Turpin, Dennis Houston, and then you've got Simi Fioco. When we talk about guys outside of number 88, and of course I loved this conversation that Nui and and – our group had in media match right before this. What wide receiver do you have the most confidence in outside of 88 heading into this game? Aisha, I'll go ahead and start with you. Okay. So uh, when you're talking about just experience, knowing this offense and everything, I think the obvious answer is Noah Brown. Like he's he's been here. He's dependable. Dak speaks very highly of him. I will say that the times he has gotten opportunities, you will mistake him for a CD Lamb because he does mm-hmm. have wheels. Like he he has made he has made the best of his opportunities. But if you want to win this game, if you want to shake some people up, Cavante Turpin is that guy. Yep. Um, I remember I, I want to say it was about you know right when Cavante Turpin started getting picked up, they were uh, talking about him being on the practice field for the first time and Trayvon Diggs, you know, lining up across him and being like. What y'all doing? I'm not about to do like I don't want to line up against him. And we'd be crazy to think that other corners don't feel like that. They're gonna respect his speed. And I think that the Cowboys can use that to their advantage, especially when you're talking about trying to get the ball out quick and trying to get him in space and get him moving. I do think that Simi Fehoko's gonna have something to say though, too, because he definitely makes sure we say we say his name every game. And he has been on an uptick. I did hear some of the gentlemen talking about earlier. Do you think that um, Dennis Houston is going to be good to go for this game. Do you, what do you feel about the depth chart and who's going to be on the active roster, Jane? You know, it's interesting. We were wondering if Dennis Houston was actually going to dress for this one. Tracking. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I was doing an ESPN radio show yesterday, and I shared the story on the last one. They said, well, what about Dennis Houston? Is he going to have a, you know, a breakout game? I said, who? Uh, and that's no disrespect to him. Tracking. I just, I do think Dalton Schultz is going to have a big game for you yeah. uh, as a tight end. I think you could use Tony Pollard in your receiving game. And then sure when I'm am. talking about wide receivers outside of 88, I, I'm with you on the Cavante Turpin thing. And the reason why I say that is uh, I reached out to my TCU folks when he joined the Cowboys in training camp. And, man, did they speak highly of him. Yeah. And they said, this mm-hmm. kid is not just a specialist. Like, he is not a novelty guy. And then I was in the locker room, and I was asking Anthony Brown off to the side, hey, 
Obviously, you go up against offense every day. What wide receiver really stands out to you? And he lit up talking about Kevontae Turpin. He said, yo, like, he is not just a return guy. Like, this guy is a wide receiver. And then it was CeeDee Lamb who said Mm -hmm. that when he was talking about Kevontae Turpin, having watched him in college, he said that he appreciated how well that he played in training camp because he said, quote, he made me look like a magician. (laughs) That he just knew that this guy, I think what he meant was Nostradamus, but uh, <laughs> what he was saying there was, I told them how special this guy was, and and people obviously realize it. Now, obviously we saw what he could do in uh, the preseason, mm-hmm. but I think that he is really going to stand out uh, to folks, and they, you know, obviously he said speed kills. Now, I think if you get enough tape on some of these guys, uh, he reminds me so much of a, a little bit of the Tavon Austin hype. Remember the Tavon Austin Ooh. hype? Where we were all in on Tavon. He was late in his career. Right. And I was a huge fan of Tavon. So we were high on Tavon earlier, and then of course that fell off. You get enough tape on Tavon. It didn't it didn't come to fruition. But I do feel like Cavante has has the the upside and the potential mm-hmm. to impress us. And quite frankly, they need him in this game. Yeah. as we talk about what we're facing defensively against the Bucks, And, you know, Jane, you kind of touched base on the specific name that I was going to point out who I really think is going to have a good game, and that's Tony Pollard. I think utilizing him in the wide receiver group is going to really uh, do exactly what we've been saying what the theme is, especially with Kellen Moore's play calling. And Kelsey just touched base on this earlier of, hey, it's time to show us where you're – you know, show us where your money is, put your mouth where your money is, and um, use him. Utilize him as, you know, running back, sure. But really, who are we going to lean on more for that? That's going to be Zeke. So I want to see Tony Pollard have more of a breakout game for this specific game than he did the last game because I just pulled up the stats on last year's game. And again, we know those were two separate teams, two completely different sets of circumstances. He really didn't have a, a great game. Receiving, he only had... 29 yards uh, as far as rushing. He only had 14 yards last season um, against the Bucks. So I want to see him have a great game as a wide receiver. Of course, I would love to see him interchanging within, um, you know, the running back position as well. But I want to see him have a great game within the wide receiver group. I think uh, he's one of those guys that Dak relies on as well. And, and he's one of Dak's go-tos. But I also think uh, we tend to forget about him, especially when it came last year to being the Amari Cooper and, mm-hmm. and the CeeDee Lamb. I, I think you kind of sleep on Tony Pollard as being the wide receiver that we know he can be. He can make some clutch catches when Dak needs it. He can go down the field and you know uh, he's he's likely going to catch that ball when you need him to and, and he has those sticky fingers that you're in the mix of uh, two-man, three-man coverage. You're going to get the ball when Tony Pollard is getting the ball. So I really, I personally want to see Tony Pollard have this game um, really I want to see him have this game as far as the wide receiver group goes. Okay, so let I me love throw that you're bringing that up. Well, oh, I was gonna sorry. say, well, I was gonna say, Kelsey, let me throw this one out there to you guys. Yeah. Do you have more confidence in the players stepping up or in Kel- Kellen Moore's game plan heading into this one? Ooh. Oh, I have a personally, I have faith in I have faith in in both only because yeah. 
the preparation is something that I've looked at through the season and the beginning of the season, Kellen Moore typically is, it's just, he just seems more prepared. It seems like the script makes more sense. It seems like when they come out, they're scoring on first drives and stuff like that. And if you look at the Bucks game, I said this yesterday, I feel like they were very prepared on both sides of the ball. I think that when you're playing someone like, you know, Mike McCarthy mentioned the other day, talking about, you know, you're not going to go try to play a chess match with Tom Brady. This is a very assignment-based game game it is you this is your guy you play your assignment this is how we went trust your eyes our defense is gonna have to really trust their eyes um I do I will say that I feel like they have been scouting this team for a while you can listen to it in some of the conversation they're excited for this game um so I do I, I feel like I do have confidence in what Kellen Moore can do with the circumstances now because I do like we talked about I think that they did see the weaknesses on the Bucks last year and mm-hmm. they went at them and it may not have looked how we expected it to with Dak flinging the ball out there like that as much but there I hope that they have a more balanced attack so yeah yeah and and I mean I'm right there with you you it's kind of you can't have one without the other so mm-hmm. if your players don't have faith in their play calling you're not going to see anything happen right but same with that if your coaches don't have faith in their players then that's a whole other position but this goes back to what we talked about yesterday with the environment and the culture that's created now within the coaching staff Mm -hmm. of course uh, we were talking about Mike McCarthy yesterday but I really think Kellen Moore has stepped into his role and he is I'm hoping this season is going to look more comfortable more confident knowing what he's doing and I I think he has become more of a leader as uh, opposed to a friend if you will with a lack of better way to say it for him but I think the guys have have stepped up to see him as more of a leader than just hey hey man what's up you know I think and I will contribute that to the Mike McCarthy culture that um, you know we just talked about yesterday but I think really when you have to have faith is when when it comes down to the players I mean they're the ones that have to utilize what what they're being told right I'm personally on the side of I think that a lot of this is going to be on Kellen Moore because, quite frankly, I feel like a lot of these guys are chomping at the bit for an opportunity. Yes. Dalton Schultz is a guy who I think is a perfect example of this, where he answered the call when Mm -hmm. it was given to him. And that's another person that I think is going to be, you know, (laughs) listen, he's a receiver. He's He's a Kyle Pitts. I mean, not Kyle Pitts is not the perfect equivalent, but it it seems like tight ends are kind of moving away from that blocking tight end that – we were talking about with the Jason Jason Witten when he kind of had to oh. turn into the little, a little bit of that more than a receiving tight end. Yep. Dalton Schultz is pretty focused on being a receiver. I mean, he had over 800 yards last season alone. So I, I think for me, I look at Kellen and I'm like, okay, this is your opportunity to have this be a truly balanced attack where you're giving a lot of people a chance to make an impact. I also, um, I feel like Kellen, you know, I've heard this before where he likes to draw some inspiration from, you know, different games like college games too. Mm-hmm. Hopefully he's not going to be watching the University of Texas and Alabama game. Jane, I'm a little <laughs> sad about what we're going to probably experience. But I guess my point is, is that it feels like this team is locked and loaded to be able to truly push themselves. And I think this is a perfect opportunity for him to get some guys in the mix to be able to make an impact because they haven't had the chance before. I just, my, my thing with Kellen Moore is... <laughs> she, about to, <laughs> she about to say it. Let every, us have it, Jane. Every season, I feel like the last two seasons at least, well, we want to run the ball. We want to run the ball. We want to run the ball. I haven't really seen them run the ball. And I get that you couldn't establish the run against Tampa, but the only team when I went and pulled the research notes that loaded the box the way that they did was, was the Raiders. Uh, hmm. So... <laughs> Just show me. Uh, now, I did. we did yeah. have an interesting conversation with Mike McCarthy uh, in the offseason because one of the questions I asked very pointedly is, why 
aren't you more involved in the playbook? Like, why not just grab the playbook, especially uh, quarterback draw, what was it, 14 seconds to go into, into the game against San Francisco? Why not be, why not do more? And he said that what he had learned was the importance of delegating, but he also conceded that there was so much different terminology and schools of thought as it related to the offense, and he felt like they were more on the same page this year. Mm -hmm. So I am going to be curious to see that marriage of the two ideologies and mm -hmm and how comfortable these two are with each other now, how that translates into what they're doing offensively this year. Mm -hmm. And we do know with Mike McCarthy, and correct me if I'm wrong, um, he really does love employing you know, more of the 12 personnel, the two tight end yeah, sets. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So I'd like to see more of that. And obviously they were limited because they didn't have Blake Jarwin uh, last yeah. year. Of course, they had yeah. Dalton Schultz. They were limited last year. Let's see if Jake Ferguson can step up in that role for them. Yeah. No, you're right. Injuries played a played a lot into, you know, the change. Because you saw early in that Bucks game, Cowboys came out in 11, 12 personnel. They were doing, they were mixing up a lot of stuff. But then we did have some injuries. Well, the Cowboys did have some injuries to their tight end room in Sean McKeon, Jeremy Sprinkle went down and so yep. um you, you really had you really had Dalton Schultz working with you know basically himself and I think he really did make the decision like which one am I gonna do here I have to be more of a receiver they need me here like yep. so I I do agree that I think the tight end room is gonna well when you're talking about 12 personnel the tight end room is important there yeah all right, so let's talk. Uh, we'll go to a break, but when we get back, I do want to re-emphasize some of the struggles that that at least the Bucks are dealing with as we talk about the other team. Because I do feel like sometimes we can get so myopic about the Cowboys that we're not focusing enough on some of the stuff that they're dealing with as it relates to their offensive line. Their offensive line is actually a lot more banged up than what the Cowboys are dealing with right now. So we'll sort of deep dive into that if you haven't had a chance uh, to look at the other team. Because, look, admittedly, I'm so busy up here at the Star during the week focused on the Cowboys. I don't get to do it as much, so that's why I love this show. But you know what I also love? Jigsaw Dating App. It's the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and we are presented by them. That is how Ooh. Girls Talk, Boys Talk gets on the air, so we appreciate that. And on the other side of the break, we'll talk about another teletape. Sweet. Did you get to work on time? Yeah, but I just realized it's Sunday. Little Sweet says head on home. Dr. Pepper's on its way. So sweet, unique. Baby, there's nothing better. I bet you've probably done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. Did you invest your nest egg in an NFT? Yeah, and I don't even know what that is. It's a non-fungible token. Everyone's done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah's savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now, Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is, Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Brace yourself for an existential question. Has your butt been having enough fun lately? Have you been treating it well? Has it been going places? If not, then it's about time you start using SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the best way to get your butt tickets to live events. Just ask the thousands of other butts who have rated it the number one ticketing app. So what are you waiting for? Download the app now or visit SeatGeek.com to get tickets to sports, concerts, and live events and make your butt happy. SeatGeek. Get your seat in a seat. 
What do you call a group of grown men and women with their faces painted silver and blue who get together every week to share a three-hour-long ritual of jumping, sinking, and toasting Miller Lite and 10-gallon hats while yelling, how about them cowboys? You call it Miller Time in Dallas. Here's to the cowboys. Here's to the original light beer. It's Miller Time. Celebrate responsibly. 2021 Miller Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas. Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw Dating, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. Listen, the Dallas Cowboys would prefer to have Tyron Smith over there at left tackle. They, of course, will have Tyler Smith. Like what I did there with that segue, Love girls. That. That's Love beautiful. Uh, but as much as we've talked about the woes of the Cowboys offensive line, really, when you start looking at the Bucks, let's talk about what they're dealing with. Tom Brady's going to be without his right guard, his left guard, and his center from 2021. They will have new starters at each interior offensive line position. Uh, Center Brian Jensen may be out for the season, thanks to his knee injury. Right guard Alex Kappa signed with the Bengals. He had 46 starts for uh, Tampa Bay. Uh, Their left guard, Ali Marpet, obviously the seventh highest PFF grade uh, since 2020. And when you look at your 2022 starters, guys like Robert Hainsey at center, Luke Gottike at left guard, and you've got Shaq Mason at right guard. This is tough. I mean, when you talk about that Bucks offensive line, they allowed 23 sacks and 57 QB hits in 2021. That was the fewest in the NFL. So Tom Brady was real used to being upright. And as we discussed uh, on a podcast earlier on Media Mash, I have a real concern for Tom Brady in the sense that continuity matters. Uh, Dak Prescott is probably not the best example in terms of a comp last year because we didn't see him much in training camp because of his shoulder injury, right? But he played lights out in week one. And I think a lot of us were not only impressed, but also surprised given the nature of his injury coming back. Uh, But for me, when you talk about Tom Brady, not only does he not have a ton of continuity with some of his receivers, now this offensive line, but I do think a lot of this stuff that's going on off the field, I mean, even we were sitting in here looking at the TV, man, he he looks skinnier. He doesn't look like himself. Talking to reporters in that market, They've told me he's off. Is he going to be the type of guy that's going to use that and as fuel in this game? Or is whatever going that's going on off the field truly going to be a distraction? And so just your thoughts as you look at this game and sort of what he's dealing with, uh, you know, the, the deficits on the offensive line, Aisha. I think what, I think what the Cowboys uh, do well defensively plays well into – what I guess Tom Brady's weaknesses are right now. Um, I am, I'm on the fence about whether he is going to be affected by what's going on with him. I, I think he's a human being and it's possible, but I just, we've seen him just yeah. out of nowhere snap into it. And I do think there are some of the greats who can just turn it on. And I do think that Tom is one of those guys, but what he cannot, what he can't dictate is the difference in his offensive line that yeah. you just talked about. Yeah. This is it's it's so interesting when you start talking about quarterback. There's so many factors that play into a successful quarterback. And offensive line is one of them. And with his timing being off, we know he's going to get the ball out quick and stuff. He's going to move within the pocket. He's going to shuffle and stuff. But he may be shuffling into into a blitz, into yeah. a stunt, into a because I wholeheartedly expect, like that's the chess match I'm looking at. Is Dan Quinn 
against the Bucks offensive coordinator and how he figures out where to put guys, when to deploy guys. I am a little nervous about you see this with Aaron Rodgers very often. He the substitutions, the timing. We haven't really touched on like the penalties, you know, mm-hmm. associated. But mm-hmm. I do think as he gets older into he gets older and he gets into his game, I think a lot of the mental is what could hurt the Cowboys more than like a lot of his his physical play and him moving outside the pocket and stuff. I I do think that some of this stuff is going to affect him, but more than anything, I think the middle of this defensive line is what's going to affect what he decides to do with that ball and how quickly he gets it out. Yeah, we talked about this yesterday, too, is when you put pressure on Tom Brady, that's when he starts to get flustered. That's when you start to see the mistakes come out, right? And and uh, something we touched base on yesterday, too, is you have a beginning of the season Tom Brady, and then you have December playoff form Tom Brady. They're mm-hmm. they're both amazing they're both great right Tom Brady is a great quarterback at the end of the day but they're two different players and you know I I think Tom Brady if if we were talking about most any other quarterback I would say yeah that's going to impact them and (laughs) yeah we're gonna we, we have this game in the bag but here's the thing Tom Brady's been doing this for almost the amount of time I've been alive, if I'm being honest. <laughs> <Tater> so, <laughs> so, you know, I, I, I think if anybody can pull off a win in his circumstances, it's Tom Brady, which is why, you know, I, I even saw on Twitter there was a lot of talk of why would you let Tom Brady leave? Why would you let your quarterback leave during training camp and this and that? Because he knows what he's doing. He's not just a no, new player. No, there's real ish going on. No, yeah. there that's is, what's no, going no. on. There is well, real stuff and going right, on. I'm not, I'm not discrediting right. that. But what I'm saying is, at the end of the day, he is the professional that he is, and he's going to come out, and he's not just going, even if it's a bad game for him, he's still going to make things happen. So uh, the defense needs to be extra physical. We already know they need to get in. They need to pressure him. They need to fluster him as much as possible. Um but at the same time, like Jane, you mentioned, as uh, you know, being on this side of things, you don't really look at the other struggles, right, that the other teams are going through. And I think having a younger O-line, uh, you know, for the Bucks is is going to really give our defense the advantage in this game. And I mean, I guess you can really say that for for the Cowboys and and the Bucks defense. But the difference is, the Bucks defense, right? Um, they don't have Micah Parsons. They don't have Trayvon Diggs. You don't have the key players that we have that can make these things happen. So, um, you know, I, I really think, if if anything, Tom Brady is going to Tom Brady, and you cannot discount that, uh, especially especially uh, being a Cowboys fan. Do you think Kelsey the Cowboys players are Sorry. Well, I was just going to say, Kelsey, I just got to tell you, I I think something's off with him, yeah. and I think it's, it's off them in the sense that yeah, I think you can compartmentalize some things. I mean, I think we've all gone through stuff that's affected yeah. our day-to-day work. As, but when it's like, when it's the heavy stuff, and if it is, in fact, the stuff that, as it relates to your family and your future, yeah, sorry. that's a big, big deal. And I think that offense goes as Tom goes. And I've mm-hmm. covered so many games uh, of the Bucks, the Saints, the Falcons. I've covered a lot of the NFC South division. And he... It's interesting because I've covered a couple of games where he's come out real slow, Hmm. a little discombobulated. Then you give him the half and he sort of readjusts. Mm -hmm. So I think he always kind of starts the season off. And I mean, even if you want to look at the Cowboys playing him in week one, I mean, I was not expecting that performance in the Cowboys. And if anyone was telling you they're expecting that performance in the Cowboys after they won the Super Bowl in Tampa Bay, they're lying to you. Uh, He can be beat. And I just wonder, as, as Micah Parsons was talking about kryptonite, 
I just wonder if his family is kryptonite right now. Mm-hmm. And I just, I, I just, I do wonder how much all of these things are going to play into week one. And again, he is yeah. Tom Brady. I don't want to count him out, but we haven't exactly seen this from Tom Brady affecting him, you know, and, and how vulnerable he was and that press conference. Did you guys notice that even his sweatshirt said forever? Yeah. Am I like picking up on something too too weird there, Kels? No, I really do. Like Jane, I'm I'm right there with you. Like I I I used to like tracking. Like it's just (laughs) it's genuinely. I think there's something up, and I think there's something to that. I don't know what kind of person Tom is, and if he takes those things, kind of can compartmentalize them. Obviously, if you're seeing it reflected in his, you know, actual like weight and things of that nature, I'd probably tend to get a little concerned. He could also be the kind of person who takes that and just throws himself into the game yeah. if he's just kind of distracting himself from what's actually going out on outside off the field. I don't know the answer to that. I do know though, I've I've never seen this from Tom Brady. This feels Brady, different. Yeah. Yes, it does. And so, like, I don't think we can apply the same rules that we have in the past. When we're talking about him. I mean, it just doesn't seem to be the same environment. So I definitely think it's going to be a factor. Yeah, I'm with you. All right, well, we've got three minutes left in the show. I always love that we get in these spirited discussions oh, uh, with you guys, so and it goes bad. by so Time quick. Time goes by so quick. Uh, I know we've, I, we want to not only get interesting tweets with interesting nuggets in, but we also want to get some of the tweets in as it relates to you, the fans, that we see on Twitter or even if you're hollering at us. And Aisha, you found a few. I did. <laughs> Let me pull the curtain back. The there phone dropped. Oh, so one second. <laughs> okay, one second. Okay, so Twitter's fun. Twitter can be a fun place. So this tweet is from at six Blackhawks feed Zeke. It says just ten more days until the Cowboys determine how I feel every day. I don't <laughs> facts. Facts. I I feel facts. that in my soul, and yes. I hated yeah. hitting that. So totally that is dictate the truest thing I've heard in a minute. Yep. Y'all, my dad once. I got him a Dallas Cowboys jersey, and it was Miles Austin back in the day, right? And the Cowboys had one of those frustrating seasons. And this man, I swear to God, got the receipt and took it back. Uh, He he returned it. I was just like, God, you're such a Fairweather fan, Dad. You're so emotional. If you're not following Dane Slater on Instagram, you're missing out because, like— the 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 danger Slater files are some of my favorite posts of all I've been time. watching. Dad's, I've been yep. watching. Dad's an icon. Okay, real yep. quick, we have a hard out today. One pass interference nugget from all you. All right, your pass interference for the day is Dak Prescott has completed 94 of 119 passes in three career games against Tampa Bay. That is the highest of any quarterback against any single opponent in NFL history. So but still two and zero against Tom Brady. We're not oh, and two against Tom I was Brady. trying to make this positive. I was trying to. I was I was trying to hype everyone up. We're almost what happens once happens three times. All right, guys, thank you so much for another awesome show. Tomorrow we will really, really, really preview uh, our players to watch. Thank you for tuning in to Girls Talk, Boys Talk. We will see you on Friday. See ya. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!